0: This episode of Watching Waltham is dedicated to the memory of Bill MacGyver. Mr. MacGyver was born and raised in Waltham, was a veteran in the Massachusetts Army National Guard, and was husband to Johanna MacGyver, longtime Music Unlimited director. Because of that, he was the unofficial assistant director of the Music Unlimited Waltham High School Show Choir. He taught me lessons that I'm able to use with my own teenage sons today, and I know that his family can keep a good thought knowing the impact that Mr. MacGyver had not only on students in Room 107 Seven, but in all the schools in which he taught. Welcome to the second episode of Watching Waltham, the first and only podcast about the Watch City. This is candidate for city councilor in Ward 2, Bill Hanley, with my co-host, Sean Hanley. We're joined today by the city councilor from Ward 5, Joey LaCava, and also Mike Stefano from Coldwell Banker. Thank you for being with us here today, gentlemen. Now, on to the podcast. We're going to get right into some news and updates. Uh, Real quick on the school committee. So we got a new assistant superintendent, Liz Holman. She's been in the system for a while. We also had the school committee interviewing some interim superintendents taking over for Dr. Eccleson. So George Frost, Anne Marie Karin, and uh, William McAlder. I want to give a shout out to Stanley Elementary School. Uh, They got a Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, also known as DESE. They got a DESE School of Recognition. Award for high achievement, high growth, and exceeding their goals. Sean, your mother works there. I think we ought to say something nice about the Stanley School for her. Good job, mom. Good job, mom. Jennifer Hacker, the principal, doing a great job working at that school with all those staff members. Awesome for the Stanley School. Also, a couple quick nuggets from the city council meeting. Uh, what about you guys? You watch that? You always there, try not to watch it. Sean, you don't watch that? I get all my news right here. All right. I'm watching Walter. It's actually quite interesting. You guys should come in. Joe, you don't like watching yourself on TV? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> You're gonna like listen to yourself on the podcast, I hope. And so a couple big things there. Three million dollars was approved by the city council to tear down a bunch of buildings at the Fernald. I don't know if Sean and Mike, if you guys know this, I know Joey knows it. We only paid $3.7 million for that fernal property. How many acres it is? Two hundred. One other thing that was in the city council chamber this past Monday was discussion uh, by the Fernald use committee uh, that's chaired by Councilor McLaughlin about that Fernald property from the
1: state of Massachusetts. State of
2: Massachusetts.
0: Not anymore. Now the city of Waltham. Councilor Acaba. I just,
1: I, there were two councilors back then who didn't want to use the CPA funds for that, and I applaud them because it is time to tie hands on what you can do up there or cannot do.
0: So can we talk about that real quick, Sean? Go ahead. Add to
1: that. Yep. So three million to demo the buildings right i think till you did that the land is useless anyway so you gotta roll that as a cost well yeah i think
0: uh correct me if i'm wrong joey but the 3.7 was because the land was so contaminated
1: yeah that that was when the state was trying to get rid of they they got rid of a few parcels throughout the state at that time and you know it was kind of a wall thing here you go here's your chance if not we're gonna we're going to go give it to probably some developers. So there was walk-in shows so They had to kind of get it done. So they did it. And I'm happy they did it. It's great. $3.7 million for 180 acres. So we're going to come back to that. Another thing was, I don't believe, correct
0: me if I'm wrong, Joey, the mayor's request to sign a memo of agreement with UMass. My understanding of that is the city council authorized the mayor to open negotiations with UMass to buy that property.
1: no. There has been some negotiating, and that's essentially all I'm at liberty to say at this point. Okay. Moment. Okay. Um, but what we what we gave her permission to is what you can see is is to make sure that state or UMass isn't going to go do anything else right now. It's a it's a standstill agreement is what we signed, and that's before that was before the council. So that's something I'm able to talk about. Okay. And
0: did UMass already agree to that? Did they agree first, and then you voted Monday to be the second executive session type stuff? That was not, we did not go in an executive session oh, okay. um, on that. Sean, you had a question. Well,
1: now I have a new question. Go for um, Go for Joey. Joey yes sir we, are, we found out earlier that I do not watch but why don't we talk about what is executive session executive session is uh, interesting you know for being on council for only just over a year now I've been in quite a few of them basically it's a lot of real estate deals when involving money it has to go into executive session and you just you can't talk about it until it comes out until you vote to release those minutes so it's something that I I could legally put myself in tr- into danger if I speak about things at this point we don't want to get them into
0: any trouble especially our first podcast right. yes. so again the next thing and again, this is the Little League president in me coming out. One of the things that was referred to the finance committee, which I loved seeing, was a $35,000 field groomer. The Waltham baseball diamonds are alive and well. We played at Nipper today. Kennedy got their first uh, baseball win over North Reading. So hopefully that new field groomer makes it through the finance committee and we can get that. Back here and watching Walfam with Ward 5 City Councilor Joey LaCava. Joey, thank you for being on the podcast. He grew up in Waltham, raising his young family in the city. He's obviously a member of the city council, and he's obviously had a lot of sp- experience in Waltham athletics. So thanks for being
1: here, Joey. Bill, thank you for having me. And uh, an introduction like that, can I just bring you around with me and have you introduce me to places? Because that was fantastic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to be a PR, man. That's great.
1: No, again, seriously, I uh, thank you. I'm excited. When I found out you were doing this, uh, right away, I, I had to reach out and say, hey, this sounds, this sounds great, something I would like to be a part of.
0: We'll have you on any time. Sean, you wanted to lead us off with a question for the counselor from Ward 5. Bill, I think you should pay attention to this too. Joey, question for you. After your first year on the council, I'm curious, where have you found that you've been able to make a positive impact and move things forward? And also, where have you found that it's been frustrating to do that you know, based on the issues that you ran
1: on? All right, well, I'm going to answer that second part first. The big things where you run on topics, hot topics around the whole city, things don't get done. You know, we're dealing with the police station right now that quite evident all 15 members want a new police station, want to support our police. But it's the where, it's the how, it's the why. And we, we can't agree on that. And it's frustrating at the city level. You try to answer as to why it's not moving forward, and, and you can't. And, and that's frustrating across all aspects. You know, before us, there's a site selection at the Fernald. You know, we had spoken about the Fernald earlier. You know, there are some people that are for, there are some against it. I actually spoke up, I'm on record, saying that I'm against it because, I one, I, I, the police are settling on that. I I think they want to be at at Lexington Street where they are talking with some other people in the city, some officials. I think if we can put it in the back, we can set that ground up with utilities to eventually move the fire station back there. Because one big thing with the city is we get a lot of crap about not planning, not planning. Yes. Thinking that's a huge thing you hear that right? Yeah. You know if we if we you know, put the police up at the Fernald, and then we give uh, CPW, which needs more land, police land, you know, in 10 years, when elections to Street 5 station needs to be redone, where are we going to go? And that's my biggest concern there. You know, I, I know the site selection committee did a lot of work, and I respect that work, and I thank them for that work. A few counselors were on that as well. It's frustrating, and it's tough for me to sit it up and say that, but when you actually believe in something, it's, you, you know, I feel like I'm doing this to do the right things in the city, so I have to stand by that.
0: But Joey, wouldn't the public be better served with the public safety buildings more centrally located in the city rather than way out at the
1: Fernald? In terms of the police station, you know, Newton is in, is on this, the yeah, West Newton. Watertown is almost in the Waltham line. Yeah, you, can, you can do certain things with the police station. Concerns me there is if we do put it... At the front of, you know you're gonna have to get a better substation we have a substation by the uh train tracks by by Carter street i don't think anyone knows about yeah, yeah. you know we'd have to put some serious money where there's just more money spent on, on, on an actual substation you know these these officers make arrests have reports to write they can't they can't be driving all the way to, to belmont to write reports when they have to be on the other side of the city so there, there are major concerns that you know haven't been touched upon are they deal breakers maybe not
0: joey has anyone ever looked into the fitch elementary school for a public safety building, Fitch is under the
1: care, custody, and control of the Waltham Public Schools. Is it? Yes. Doctor Exxon came in before us. Gee, I was in my old seat, so had to have been early 2018. We weren't sure if we were going to get the Stigmatine land or what was going to come next. And they were, you know, we're concerned about a high school, but we're also concerned about K through eight. And so he wanted to make sure the Fitch was in their possession if needed. Now, if it is not needed down the line, I would like to take that back and sell it.
0: All right, one thing we wanted to talk about with Mr. LaCava here is the CPA and the CPC. Sean, Mike, you know what those stand for? Certified Public Accountant. Well, I guess you're not technically wrong, but we're talking about the Community Preservation Act passed in Waltham in 2005. Back then when we passed it, the deal was uh, we were adding a tax to homeowners and... A surcharge. Oh, sorry. Surcharge. Surcharge. Thank you. But the deal was the state was going to match it dollar for dollar. And now that is not the case. So the whole point of the CPA was to have money, a surcharge, if you will. It's a tax. For open space, historical preservation, and affordable housing. Joey, I know you have an opinion on that matter. Why don't you go?
1: Yeah, so I've stayed quiet on the council side of this until the other day when... The $3 million, which we had talked about, to take down the buildings at the front came up you know it's, it's kind of funny I, I I don't know if I heard or held myself on both sides here because I voted for yes for it and we can talk about that later the whole point of the CPA you know back in 2005 when it was passed it looked great you know they sold you this bill of goods and in the first few years it did some great stuff we, we've acquired some some good land with that you know there is some a good voucher program for affordable housing that yeah. nothing was able to do which they're actually coming before the economic and community development committee which I chair next month later this month early next month to, to talk about that program which just hit two years and to talk about its success. So I'm not sitting here and saying it's completely horrible. What it has turned into is scary. Being that it only passed by eight votes back in 2005, you know, this was something, it it wasn't a slam dunk. And I think it's time that the the taxpayers and the voters take another whack at this because it it has turned into a slush fund. I said this Monday night, you know, some of the, the recent projects, just, I don't see where they're hitting those three those three marks
0: so you think it's going against the affordable housing open space recreation and historical preservation and we're stretching
1: it i think we are stretching it and i think this, the city's the, the city's one of the people who are stretching it because this isn't just for the city to use you know other people can come in other sure, sure organizations people can use this but i do think it's been used in a bad way across all aspects so if i could jump in here so one of the requirements is recreation one of the
0: requirements is recreation.
1: So would this be a good time for me to talk about the hockey rink I want?
2: Sean, you
0: just started. Have at it.
1: All right, Councilor. One, I'd like to know how much is in that slush fund and how you feel about my idea that we don't have a suitable hockey rink in this city. I believe we're just under $20 million at this point, uh, especially wow. after giving, I shouldn't say giving, since voting in the $3 million to well, take down those houses. However... Hey, yeah, hockey rink's awesome. I mean, Waltham hockey player myself. 2002 state champs. There you go. go. We got Joey the state champion, in here. Yeah, do you think state champs should be playing in that rank right now? I, I haven't been in it as much lately. I really answer. Is it? Is it? Does it need work? I know we. We there is some money to fix some stuff this off season. That came through, so... One issue I have with that is that now that there's so much interest in hockey, you know, everybody likes a winner. not? Well, you can, I mean, we can talk about that. The Watham Youth Hockey just does amazing sure. things. So the numbers true. they have there is just incredible. So I've just been jumping into that with Coach and Mike now, one thing I'm noticing that the parking lot tends to be full all day long on the weekends, and you then end up over at Prospect Hill, and then you got to play Frogger across the road, and I think we need to deal with that as well. That is something that has to be dealt with, and I know Councilor Randy LeBlanc had brought something in to expand the parking lot a little bit to the north or at the west side of the parking lot, kind of go into those woods a little bit, add some spots, and I think he used uh, the term Frogger, just like <laughs> you did, and you know, I think uh, one thing he said, it's not when, it's not if, it's when someone gets hit crossing that street, because, you know, it's a dangerous curve, it's a, sure. it's a fast road, you know, parking's a premium, so we would love to find some more. All right, so we'll
0: be continuing to revisit that. So, but let, I want to stay on it for a second. I did a little bit of research I want to share. The idea was, and this definitely uh, butts up right against Ward 2, which obviously I have quite a vested interest in Ward 2. So the idea, and Sean and I were discussing this, Joey, we tear down the building around the ice rink, tear down the warehouse-looking building. We save half a million dollars by leaving the ice-making equipment in there. So by a lot of my research, we're looking at about 5 545,000 is the cost for the ice making equipment and all the plumbing and all that stuff. So we tear the building down around that ice rink and we build around it with world class locker rooms, good concessions, nice bathrooms, comfortable space for families to watch a game. In my mind, having never really built anything,
1: <laughs> some of these colleges in the city probably get a pretty good probably get a pretty good setup from us, right? So after they built their own rink over there, maybe we can ask them for some help as well, because I'm actually thinking a little bigger. Well, I, I would, yeah, I'll touch on that real quick. I think, uh, if I can interrupt, I think the Maguire rink should look like that badly. That's you the want to name it to the John ball. McGuire rink? Everybody likes a winner. I said that earlier, right? Yeah, you did. Yeah, who does it? I've never built anything ever. <laughs> so, like, you know, like, it sounds great. Let's build around something. But what the thing is there is that uh, I believe that city doesn't own it. That's a that's a long-term lease from oh, DCI. You know, that was never, you know, when it was MDC turned DCR, sure. you know, kind of disbanded and revamped. You know, they never sold that land to all of them. They just gave them a great deal on a long-term lease. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was a 99-year. Okay. I'd have to look that up. That's something I just think I know. So I okay. think our hands are tied on what we could actually do there. Okay. And I, I think and those are, you know, one of the reasons why there's they're very strict about, you know, the men's leagues there, drinking uh, out all there. Right, so, whatnot, right, or right. so we'd have to do a little bit. All right. You know, they sound great. But before we start throwing up these great ideas, I think there are a few things behind that.
0: As we continue this theme of where the surcharge money... It's a tax. I do... I'm, I plan to explore the public use of a lot of these things. Obviously, that will be coming with the Fernald. The Fernald, I think, could solve all our athletic facility problems in the city. I don't know if you guys have been my kids now playing travel sports. Every town around us has a campus-like complex where they have a multi-purpose field for lacrosse, soccer, field hockey. They got softball and baseball fields. They got a running track. All in one place with tons of parking, clean bathrooms, and a nice concession stand.
1: You know, I don't want to go off the CPA stuff here. Of course. Uh, So the important parts about that is, you know, we talked about how, you know, when written back in, I think, 2000, 2001 when it first came forward, you know, they had that 100% match. But, you know, you do some research and you have to, the, the surcharge has to be at 3% to get that. You know, there's three rounds of funding to get to that 100% if you look into it on, on the on the website mm-hmm. to, and do some research. So at 2%, we were already handcuffing ourselves, never going to get that 100%. Oh, and by the okay. time that 2005 came around, cities and towns weren't getting it. Sure. I think it was at 67% or something right around that first year we came in. You know, 2019, we're going to get 19.1. And then Council of Brasco talked about last Monday night. Next year, 2020 is looking at an 11% match. And that is another big scare, a, a scary part of this. It's not just the, you know, what's what are these funds being used for? It's that, you know, this is strictly just coming out of our pocket at this point. You know, when city like Boston gets involved, like they did last year when they, when they come onto this, sure. you know, That's a big city that's going to take a lot of funds away from other cities and towns.
0: Well, yeah, there's a finite amount of money that state has to give out, right? So that 11%, so my Waltham High School math is is treating me well here. We in Waltham... Our surcharge, Sean. It's a tax. It's a surcharge. Our surcharge is 2%, but we could go up to a max of 3%. Making sure I had that right. Any final words about the Community Preservation Act, Sean? Well, it sounds like for me it worked out. There's $20 million in the slush fund, and I want a new hockey rink for Waltham youth and high school programs. Any final words from you, Joey?
1: People talk about the beautiful building on Elm Street. You know, well, that's privately owned. Who cares? It's historic. It's beautiful. I think that's some of the best use of funds at this that cpa is done
0: i believe you're referring to the johnny dingles
1: building you know he he, it's privately also he's paid into that you know so a lot of people get this tax you know you know they're they're tax exempt so it's kind of nice to see someone it's time to get back on the ballot and you know let the voters decide this isn't something i should decide i have my feelings but let's put it back out there let the voters take a shot at it again 12 13 years is that's a good sample size and a lot of people do feel we
0: got our money's worth out of it Back to watching Waltham with our real estate segment with Mike DiStefano with Coldwell Banker. You'll find him at MikeDProperties.com. So today we're going to talk about the hot Waltham real estate market. Uh, one thing in particular we want to talk about when homes go for sale, but there is a trend in the city where builders laced with cash can make offers to homeowners that are much more attractive to somebody off the street.
2: This is the truth. Many homeowners in the area are sitting on, you know, their are only the asset in their life. It's you know the only thing they own is going to be their retirement, and you know a on lot of these properties are not in really good condition they could be sold the fact that their property isn't worth much, that, you know, they couldn't sell on an open market. They they don't want anybody coming through their home. That builders can offer you the fact that you can leave all your trash, leave anything behind because they're just going to tear it down. So are these people looking for a quick sale? If you are sitting on a lot in Lakeview... And you can tear it down and it's going to build two single family houses. They get a lot of letters in the mail. Okay, now, is that property worth more if it goes on the market? Or is it worth more if it's still lost the market? Problem is, I don't think they ever really find out.
0: So they're getting, these, these homeowners are getting an offer. First person in is somebody with a ton of cash. To make a quick purchase and it's hard to turn
2: down. My opinion is if there's somebody knocking on your front door to buy something from you and they're offering you something, maybe we find out the other two thousand people in the area that are looking for a home and see what they want. So we test the market. Might be the right angle. Some people choose not to. Others do. I have an example of a two family on the south side on Wadsworth. Sure. Um that property was offered by a builder for I believe was six fifty and they factor that they'll offer you the, there's no real estate soldier, five percent. I'm right, um, right. on 650 saving roughly somewhere around $31,000. I might have just nailed that. Boom. Um, <laughs> so if you're saving $31,000, you're really getting 670 Now, if you're getting 670 no inspection, cash, leave whenever you want. That sounds like a great deal. But what if I can get you $75,000? So you just lost $75,000 because you thought you had a good deal. when you should have talked to a couple of different realtors. Not one. Have two guys come in, meet a few, see who you work well with together, and get a, and get what's called a comparative market analysis. So okay. Two guys will give you a market analysis on what you're, and then you can kind of have that number to work off. And if you share that with the builder, many times they might not be interested because that number might be higher than what they're willing to
0: pay. So I can fully understand why it's easy to take that initial offer.
2: To a better offer, and that person was giving you without me, with no commission, you can go back and sell that property and then with no problem. And that,
0: but why is that in your interest? You're just taking a shot
1: at the open market. Yeah. So I'm just going to play devil's advocate here for a second. I mean, this is free market, right? So, you know, no one's holding a gun to, to these people, these sellers' head, saying, you know, give me this at this price.
2: Sometimes it's not a person that knows a lot about real estate. Sometimes it's an older person. And, and in a lot of these cases, it's just the way it goes. And it, I can't say that I am not on the side of knocking on a door. I have knocked on that door before where I know you can put a single family up and build two i mean take the single family down and build two houses sure i've been on the other side of making these phone calls but i am always the guy on the other side that says we're better off going on the market and testing it opposed to me bringing you the one buyer i have
1: can't argue that i mean education is great and you know knowing all angles is the best so i, I do agree with that as well
2: so another example would you know, is i had a house on mountain road listed for sale builder was interested in taking it down they wouldn't pay the price that i was gonna ask for it and then you come along to a single-family owner has to build their own house. They're not a builder. They're going they to spend the $400,000 to put up their dream home. They pay more at a premium because they love where it is. So now you're getting a person building their home opposed to a builder building their home and making money on the other end. So okay. this is better for us in Waltham if somebody buys the tear down, puts the house up on their own. The builders still make money because they're putting it out. They're just not making money on the
0: resale. Right.
2: They make money for actually doing what's called building.
0: You can't drive through any neighborhood in Waltham. I've been walking Lakeview and Piety Corner for a month now. Every, All a brand new every one of those streets is a brand new house surrounded by post-World War II capes like the one I live in.
2: people get spent close to a million dollars to live in half a house, not even get the whole thing. See, it's they not, it, it's, house, it's it's not just go
0: us. Go. It's not no. just us who loves Waltham. I'd like to flip a real estate question over to Council LaCava. That's Counselor with two L's, of course. Counselor, I've noticed a lot of activity in that commercial space between the Gore Estate and Lowell Playground.
1: What's going on in there? Standard Thompson was just bought in. They did a lot of work. great work there. They didn't add anything. What they did, they actually tore stuff down, which you don't see anymore. They went back to the original footprint of the building, tore down some add-ons. You know, they have Panasonic near They have someone, another tenant in the back. I have trouble reading the sign because I try to pay attention when I drive. But they got, that land is awesome. They, they spent a lot of money to clean that land up, and they've done a great job. And I know that a lot of the butters are very happy.
0: I think we got to do a, a future episode on all the different neighborhoods of the city. I bet, I bet we couldn't pass the trivia contest. All right, back to you, Mike. Please give us a quick rundown. Give us the pulse, if you will, of the Waltham real estate market. What do you got?
2: Back to work, yeah. So as far as the real estate market goes, Waltham has been very active. Listings came on the market this last uh, week. So it's pretty slow with inventory. I expect it to pick up. Uh, once after the holiday goes, we'll be really busy up until the July 4th holiday. Um, and it really sends a slowdown during July as people start to go on vacation. And uh, hit them
0: Thank you, Mike, for that real estate update. For anyone out there that has any real estate questions or real estate needs, please contact Mike. You can find him at MikeDProperties.com. Hello again, everyone. This is Howard Cosell, speaking of sports. The Waltham High 9 Hawks Baseball team currently has a record of 2-1. Their next game is April 16th at Westford Academy. The Waltham High Softball team is looking for their first win. Their first game is this Monday, Patriots Day, home at Veterans Field, hosting Watertown. The Waltham Boys Lacrosse team at 1-3 under new coach Chris Nicastro. Their next game is Tuesday, April 16th. They're hosting Belmont at Harding Field, also known as The Pit. The Waltham High Girls Lacrosse team is looking for their first win. Next match is a non conference game April 17th at 10 a.m. at Harding Field. We are still trying to find how we can get results for spring track and tennis from Waltham High School. If anyone could hit us up with tips on where to find that, we would appreciate it. In Waltham baseball news, we have a great start to the season. Full week of games with April vacation having a week off. Lots of teams are practicing and scrimmaging this week. The Kennedy Middle School Wildcats baseball team opened their season with a win against North Reading. The McDevitt Mustangs also opened their season with a win over Winchester. The Babe Ruth season opens April 22nd with Everton Sons taking on Bistro Seven Eight One at Catchatory Field. And I just want to mention we're looking for umpires for our minor division, ages 8 to 9. We'd love it if you had umpiring experience. But deep baseball experience is also considered. Please contact us at wybpresident at gmail.com. In youth lacrosse, the Waltham Red U9 team is already at 2-0. That team's coached by my brother, Sean. Good work, Sean. It's a tax. Their first two wins were over Chelmsford and Harvard. And I want to mention that the Waltham Youth Football and Cheer Program is currently has registration open for fall tackle and flag football and the cheering program. You can find them at Waltham Before we close out the podcast, I want to mention a couple of things. One thing that Waltham is really good at and Waltham's people, a circle in the wagons. When a family needs help, we have a couple of families who are going through a really, really tough time, both with kids and they need our help. So the first is the Griska family. Charlie Griska, Waltham police officer. The charity is called Charlie's Angels. We have a fundraiser coming up on Friday, May 24th, from 7 to 12. Tickets are $25 at the newton post 440 we have dinner cash bar raffles and a dj they also have a gofundme page going where you can donate money and it's going to his three children we give all you can if you go to gofundme.com and search for griska g-r-y-s-k-a that page comes up you can donate by credit card or debit card no amount is too small no amount is too big The other family in Waltham who's going through a a tough battle right now is the Larad family. Steve, who works for the city of Waltham, is battling renal cell carcinoma. They also have a GoFundMe page. If you go to GoFundMe.com and search for Larad, L-A-R-A-D-E, their page comes up. Again, no amount is too small. No amount is too big. Time to circle the wagons and help those families out. Any closing remarks, Mr. LaCava?
1: Well, just to add on to that, next Saturday, 420, the Battle of the Badges, Waltham Police versus Waltham Fire. They will be raising money for both of those charities along with one mission with which battle's childhood cancer. There were a couple firefighters a couple of Waltham police officers who have really done great work with this over the last couple years. Blown me away the last couple years of what they have done for fundraising for for young families in in Waltham and in Newton. It's just been great stuff. So next Saturday, 420 over at the Warrior Arena, I believe there's a free skate from 3 to 4.50 and then the game starts at 5 and I am lucky enough to be the referee. You know, they wouldn't let me, uh, I I asked for a little help, you know, give a blind eye during last year's game, let me skate, come on. They wouldn't do it. So I had to find a way to get on the Bentley ice last year. I said, finally, And uh, I guess I did a good enough job. I get to ref that next Saturday. So that, that's a, it's a great turn. Last year was a great turnout. And we we'll hope to see a lot of Waltham over in, in Brighton next Saturday. Putting on the zebra stripes. I love to
0: hear it. All right. I want to mention the Waltham Boys and Girls Club Tiger Shark swim team. They just wrapped up their 2018-2019 swim season. 75 swimmers. They go from October to April, and they go from age 7 to age 18. Currently, the team has swimmers from eight of the 10 Waltham Public Schools, so they got a wide reach, as well as Newton, Belmont, Watertown, and Arlington. The Boys and Girls Club has had a swim team since 1959. That was the year the pool was built. The team became the WBGC Tiger Sharks in 1989, and I think, Mr. LaCava, you have a connection to that
1: team. Yeah, you just, you know, said a lot more than I knew about it what I do know is my niece, Michaela Rutledge, was down in Florida at Nationals with that team this weekend. It's great to see her thrive at that and thrive through that program. It's a great, great program in this city. And it, just to be able to bring these kids down to Florida for a week for Nationals is just awesome. They, they all, all winter, that girl's in the pool swimming. Just congratulations to her and all the swimmers at Nationals in Florida this past weekend. All right, there we go. Thank you. Coaches of Beth Weigel, Michelle
0: Nitschke, and Donnie Lucenti, and they're very proud of their swim performance during the season, league championship, and their growth as competitive swimmers this season. Future is certainly bright. Well, that's it for the second episode of Watching Waltham, the first and only podcast about the Watch City. I want to send special thanks out to City Councilor Joey LaCava from Ward 5. You can find him on Twitter at Joey underscore LaCava and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Joey LaCava Ward 5. Thank you, Joey, for being on our podcast. I also want to thank our real estate correspondent and always special guest Mike DiStefano. You can find him at MikeDProperties.com. On behalf of my co-host and brother, Sean Hanley, this is Bill Hanley, candidate for City Council in Ward 2, signing off. Have a great April vacation, Waltham, and thank you for listening. We shouldn't the public for safety facilities.